Hey everyone, welcome back to the Underground Mess Hall. Finn McHale here. We got a host today for sports, mainly NBA shit. Uh, you want to introduce yourself? What up? I'm uh, I'm Dylan DeAndrea. You might want to speak up, just or I'll turn the mic a bit. What up? I'm Dylan. De- <laughs> that's that's gonna blow their ears out. <laughs> so, main thing we want to talk about. We got a couple topics. You know, Supermax. Ben Simmons. Not Superman. Not Superman. <laughs> I sent a text to him, and that shit didn't go over so well. And, like, damn autocorrect turned Supermax into Superman. But Supermax, Ben Simmons, the Nets, and Super Teams. It's all kind of seems disparate, but actually kind of will tie it together in some way. But basically with the Supermax topic, we're going to start off with that. I was actually – I got bored. I was going over it, and I actually misread the requirements – so I thought it was you had to complete the rookie contract and then do eight to eight to nine more years on top of that. No, it's just eight years in general with the same team. Yeah, all NBA. Two of the last three seasons upon eligibility, you have to win MVP upon eligibility or Defensive Player of the Year. It's like you have to hit one of those three on top of being eight to nine years with the same team. Mm-hmm. And there's some other caveats like if you get traded or like if you got drafted, it's something weird. But it's still there's still issues with it you know how you basically got to be there like eight to nine years before you can get this guaranteed money and even then we've seen recently the supermax doesn't help keep stars in their cities especially the small market ones i mean anthony davis he was the first one that was eligible and publicly said no i'm not going to do it and then he left and went to the lakers was that really yeah I, I, th- I thought he'd already signed a deal, and then after that, asked to get traded. No. So I actually looked it over. Basically, Steph Curry was the first one to sign a Supermax, and he had a five-year deal. Mm-hmm. And he he signed his for like the during the offseason of 2017, and then James Harden was the next one to follow suit. And then there were a couple other guys that signed him, but it – it just shows that, like, especially with like James Harden, a great example with this is that he signed it. I think he stayed about, if the math was right, three more years, three years into that contract, and then he was like, "I want out," and then he went to the Nets. Mm-hmm. And so, it's just one of the things I've thought of is like, what if you lowered the year requirement and like made it less stringent to to obtain this contract? Because that's one of the problems is I think like the the Supermax was created in response to people leaving. the. Everyone says it was in response to Kevin Durant. No, it was actually in response to all the players doing this. And so something I always thought was this was an overcorrection so much that it actually further exacerbated players building super teams. Um. I don't. I don't really know. Like, if I don't. I don't know if it's if it's reached that far. I don't really. I. I don't really think there is a problem with the. There's not really a super max problem in the league right now. Like, I mean, I think. I mean, the whole, you kind of touched on it. The whole reason it was made was to try and help small market teams that, you know, when they luck into getting a superstar player, that they're able to keep them because I mean. I think that I think about the difference, um, you know, for for a player getting a max contract or a super max contract, um, it's it's something like forty million dollars, like, you know, depending on you know if 
they've got all NBA, whatever, whatever. Works. They usually like but, average in the two hundred millions, you know, the supermax contract from what I saw. Yeah, but it's it's like, but there's like a like a forty million dollar difference of well, if they like didn't sign the supermax and went somewhere else versus getting that, like, so it's supposed to heavily incentivize, you know, small teams being able to keep their players because the guys, you know, they want the money. Um, I mean, I don't think there's any anything wrong with that. Actually, I feel like kind of what's now the big issue potentially coming up the nba is people actually because i don't i don't think people have really turned down the supermax like they've signed it and then asked to be traded away you know after a couple years but nobody's ever like said no i don't want it i I think now there's a major concern that some of the young players in the league might actually like turn down the money and go somewhere else take less money because like I've, i've seen stuff saying that um that the Utah Jazz are worried about Donovan Mitchell leaving. You know, he he had a little. I heard about that too. He had a little beef with beef. the the medical staff. You know, they didn't let him play. Which ironically is resurfacing with Kawhi and the Clippers. He's yeah. having beef with the medical yeah. staff. So I think I think that's actually why the Jazz brought in D Wade as a like a part you know minority owner or whatever. Like I'm I'm pretty sure that they gave him like some kind of a deal. Like hey, you know kind of reduce price here you know become like a part like a part owner and like help us like figure out how to keep donovan mitchell and then also um the other big name i think is zion you know zion like there's there's already rumbling he's only been in the league he's he hasn't played he's played like not even full two full seasons yeah, of games he's barely and there's already rumbling he's him, barely like, played maybe a season and a half's worth of yeah. games at this point and i with a quick caveat with that though people like uh or sports analysts like Rick Buecher have noted, you know, a common theme with these superstar athletes is that their families get big egos and think that they're better because there's been cases where the family wants them to go and win championships, but the player might actually just be content where they are. So like, we don't, I I don't, I don't think family really plays into it that much. Like, well, all the reports so so far on the Zion thing have been from the family, not from him, but we don't know what the exact circumstances. I I think what that is, I I think all the, so it's, it's so interesting in that, like the NBA players today, they really have more power than like most athletes do in any other league. I feel like, you know, in, in the U S and whatnot, but they they also they they really know how to kind of like even though you know these guys are like disgruntled star demands trade they always like find a route to make it not make them not look like the bad guy and it's always like you know family members are saying you know that they think it'd be better if this guy moves on to a different team or like you know it, with the Damian Lillard situation like Chris Haynes from Yahoo Sports who's like really in like the the, the Lillard camp Chris Haynes has been coming out with articles saying that like, you know, Dame might leave Portland. It's never like the like the players just like saying like, you know, blah blah blah. Like it's it's always like, you know, like they they try and like weave the narrative for yeah. them to be like, you know, I tried, I gave you my all. Here's something but. actually another noted sports analyst brought up, Colin Coward. Now we've talked, and Dylan knows <laughs> Colin Coward is one of my favorite ones, but that's because at least me personally he seems to take the middle of the road pack a lot of times. And like, he doesn't, it's not like Nick Wright where he says really outlandish stuff a lot of times. And I'm like, dude, I can't get behind that. Or like literally any person that works at Fox sports. Yeah. But Colin Coward brought this interesting point talking Dame Lillard. This is his first time on an Olympic team. And he says, if you look at the other times that major stars went to Olympic teams, they end up joining up to another team. Okay, the Redeem team, 
LeBron, Bosch, and Wade were all on that team. Mm-hmm. And they all became really good friends. And what did they all do? They all joined up. Well, mainly LeBron joined up with them in Miami. And they won two championships in four years. And then more recently, the most recent Olympics... It was KD, Kyrie, and I can't remember the third guy to save my life, but they all played on that team, and they all went to Brooklyn and almost all signed on the same day. Mm-hmm. So who's to say Damien doesn't become buddy-buddy with a couple guys, and they're like, hey, man, you know, come to you know, Miami or Chicago or someplace. Bro, it's, well, bro, it's already happening. I, I, I'm I'm pretty sure uh, I'm, I didn't look it up to, like, confirm it, but, like, I think, I think literally LeBron – tweeted and then deleted like he's gonna go back to south beach no 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 he like deleted and then instantly tweeted like that like him and dame dalla like gotta hook up in la like 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 like, like asking him to come to like to the lakers i think literally the tweet was like instantly deleted i'm gonna look it up but um well which is just like straight tampering (laughs) well they're not gonna they're not gonna uh, tax lebron on that unfortunately if it was anyone else they would but all right maybe not Speaking I of, I don't see anything speaking of players, him, let's talk about Ben Simmons. God almighty, that dude frustrated the hell out of me. Like, I don't know if it's a psychological issue or he's just not an offensive player. Like, he's really good on the defense, but dude, like, that, that second round really showed who he was, I think. You know, as a player. Like, what do you think? Um, I mean, well... It's it's tough. Everybody's like saying like I mean everybody thinks he's not gonna be a sixer next year, and I mean, I just don't know because like I mean it, like his trade value is at its lowest that it's probably ever been literally in his career like yeah, ever since he started playing the NBA. So I, I feel like it's just it's not a good time for the Sixers to trade him, and like I mean like I I, I just like like obviously you know. Are there any potential trades you could see possible? Because I'll throw in your way after, if you can think of any. But do you think there's any possible trades that I could mean, be made this offseason? The, the only the only stuff I've that I've seen so far, like w- it would be a potential like Lillard deal. But like with with Simmons like value at an all time low, like I feel like they'd have to add in so much stuff that like I, I don't I don't know if they can give up enough to actually get Lillard because like. Before, you know, this year, like, you know, a, a Simmons package could be very possible because, like... Literally well, last year, Simmons and Embiid had their highest trade value ever, I think. Yeah, I mean... And what, now this year, they've kind of both just, you know, shot the boat on that on their trade value, especially Simmons. Well, not, not Embiid. Embiid was, you know, second, Embiid was M- second in MVP. Yeah. So, he, I mean, he's not going anywhere. He's, he's not tradable. But, like, like, the thing is, if... The only place I could see him going right now is to the Blazers just because potential point guard swap, you know, the Sixers would have to give up way more. But, like, because the, the Blazers' issue always has been defense. Like, I mean, they have enough offense to give. It's it's always been defense has been the problem. But the thing is, if they were to, you know, whatever, pull off some trade for Simmons, that, then that's that's a, a blow-up of the roster. They're going to trade. Yeah. They're going to trade McCollum as well. You know, I don't know about Nurkic, but like, I mean, that—that's if they were to trade for Simmons, although like that could give them more of a future. Like that's that's a that's a rebuild. Like, and I just don't know if they want to do that. I mean, it, it it as much as like everybody's talking about, you know, Lillard possibly getting traded. Like, 
I think they're going to do everything that they can not to have to trade yeah. him. Like, unless he publicly says, you know, trade me, like, they're not going to trade him. Well, let me throw out two possible scenarios that I've seen, and mainly the second one is something more I just kind of noticed mm-hmm. on my own. But the first one is one I kind of heard, and that's, you know, and this is all contingent on, let's just say for the purpose of this, Simmons leans in, going forward, leans into being more defense. And I'm not saying he is, but he leans more toward the Draymond type player where he's more defense oriented. He can get a couple buckets, but his main goal is to be that defender. What if he goes to Golden State, he gets traded to Golden State and replaces Draymond and he leans into that being more a defensive player? What do you what do you think that prospect value is just overall for Golden State and the Sixers? I mean, they they definitely are a team that could pull off a trade for him. I mean, again, I I don't really know what Simmons' value is now, like what a, a deal for Simmons would look like. But I mean, the Warriors have you know the first round picks this year, the lottery picks. They have like Andrew Wiggins. Um, but I also I also feel like that they're not really looking to get rid of Draymond right now. I mean, you know, it, this was kind of just like a lost season without Clay, and like I mean. But but when they did play, I mean, Draymond and Steph still looked great, and like you get Clay back, you know, Andrew Wiggins is a different player than you know the first half of his career, and like the Warriors could at least be a playoff team for sure next year. Like now, I'd say with Simmons, it'd be really interesting, but I mean, he is a point guard, and Steph, I mean, it's Steph's ball when yeah. when he's on the court. So like, I just I don't really know because it because it works. I feel like the Warriors system works so well in that Clay. I mean, like, both Clay and Steph can play so well off the ball, but, like, Clay doesn't need the ball in his hands to be effective on the floor. And same with Draymond. I mean, Draymond's setting the screens. He's, like, calling out plays. Like, now when he does have the ball in his hands, you know, he's really great at, at finding, you know, open people, people cutting. But, like, that almost it just seems like too many people need the rock if you've got Simmons, Curry, and Draymond, like, all on the floor together. So I don't know, but... All right, here's here's the second hypothetical. And like I said, this is the one that it was more of my observation I came to. And like, tell me if I'm, you know, kind of leaning in a direction that's not necessarily true with this, but hear me out on this. And this will be an interesting segue into the next topic. Let's, this is, we're going to, based off the same assumption that Ben Simmons leans into being the more defensive-ended player. What if... The Brooklyn Nets trade or some basically somehow finagle away Kyrie for Ben Simmons. Because here's my logic with this. They're not a bad defensive team, I think, like in the mid range and like in the mid, but the problem is overall their defense is not as good as I think it should be. Now, Harden showed he's actually more this season, he's much more defensive of a player than we thought, you know, on the court. But we need someone else to shore that up. The problem I see with their their big three of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden is awesome offense. But your defense is severely lacking. And then when you look at the bench, you know, you have Blake Griffin. And I'm like, okay, he can get you some buckets or whatever. But it's like, why is basically your, your bench not tapping into defense? Especially when, like, you have someone like... uh. Griffin, who can come out and get buckets, whereas I think if you trade Simmons and he leans into the defense end, 
and your big three there is Durant, Harden, and Simmons, it's actually much more well-rounded and much more dangerous of a team. That's just what I'm seeing. Now, I don't know how you feel that that would go. Like, You're wrong. That's a, a terrible decision, I'd say. But Really? But Kyrie's flaky, man. They didn't play the whole season together. That's the problem. Is like no, they I barely mean, it, played it, it, all three together. That's my issue. And, and they still went seven games with the Bucks. And you know, if if Durant's shoe size was one size smaller, they'd be in the Eastern Conference Finals right now, even with the health issues. Like, it, you know, if if the guy, if all three of them are on the court for their for their playoff series, they're the best team in the league. It's it's just that simple. They don't, you know, they can outscore. They have three guys who are literally unguardable. Like. They they can outgun any team in the league that like the defense you know if they get average defensive play that's good enough because their offense is so good like they they don't need like they don't need Ben Simmons like when they have Kyrie I take Kyrie over Ben Simmons like even with all the Kyrie's flaky issues and that, that he yeah. can fly because you know what at the end of the day for them the seating when it comes to the playoffs doesn't really matter they just got to get there and then all three of those guys can turn it on they're unguardable they're not gonna flake for playoff games just like injuries. Like if they're healthy, I mean, you think about it, like in the Bucks series, they went seven games with a he- with a healthy Bucks team, and like you know Kyrie got hurt. I think Harden was like out for a little bit. But of I series. think that like, was more a statement really? on Durant than anyone else on that team. How so? Because he was the only, he was basically leading them through, trying to push them through to win that series. You know, yeah, even with saying, a, even saying, with if, a hobbled Harden, that's just yeah. But if they if they had all three of them, I mean, it wouldn't even it wouldn't have gone to seven games like. It would have been an easy win for the Nets. I mean, like, if if their guys are healthy, which, I mean, you just, for them, that's, I mean, you can't really ask for more than that. Just be healthy. Like, they're the best team in the league. It's just that simple. Like, they don't need to trade anything. Like, I mean, they, they even, like, Ben, like, uh, Blake Griffin was, like, dying on the Pistons. Like, he apparently couldn't dunk anymore or something. Then they, they pick him up, and then all of a sudden he's, like, amazing again. You know, like, he's actually out there in big-time situations, like, they they even got Blake Griffin to like somehow like be useful on a basketball court like they're they're literally they don't have issues their only issues is uh is health and you know what you kind of take everything you get with it I mean it's it, it's like the last uh the last Bulls dynasty with with Jordan you know and the last dance and all that like you know Pippin Pippin was like wanting more Pippins like limelight you know Pippins whatever Rodman was out in Vegas whatever you know Jordan was beefing with. The GM, I mean, they had a whole lot of crap going on there too, but like when it came to the playoffs times, if they show up, they're going to win. And it's the same thing with these Nets. Like it, the, the regular season does not matter. Literally, they just have to get to the playoffs and they're the favorites. It's that, it's that simple. I can see that. It's just for me, my issue is, and I know this has been brought up a lot, but I think there is a certain level of chemistry that's needed to be successful on a team. And this this is my main issue with Kyrie. I'm not saying he's not talented or he's not an all-star superstar. Like, he is. Like, he's a great offensive player. But, you know, when he's, you know, the flaky kind of guy, you especially during the regular season, and he's gone and you don't know when he's going to go and when he's going to come back, That that's just how I see it with the Nets is like, do we really want to hold on to this, especially if this happens again? Yes, they do. They do? Well then, yeah. well let, let's dig deeper than on the Nets. What would be a better replacement for Kyrie then? There is none. There isn't. They, they don't need to replace him. That's the thing. They don't need to replace him. His his role on the Nets is perfect for Kyrie because they're not asking him 
to facilitate. He's not the he's not you know the point guard on there. Yeah, they have Harden. His, literally his job when he is on the court is to go get buckets, and that's what he does best. Like he his role is perfect for him on the Nets. They don't need anybody else. Like like literally like they're they're set the way they are. The the, the biggest the biggest concern people had before the big three assembled was that like. It's all guys who want the ball in their hands. Like, how would they make it work? Facilitating the ball, sharing the ball, whatever. And they found that, like, honestly, it works. I mean, like, Harden. I mean, Harden led the league in assists this year. So, like, you know, Harden is the point guard. It's and he did a great job with it when he was playing. I mean, if he if he you know didn't have injuries throughout the season, I mean, you know, take out his time that he was with the Rockets when he was you know like tanking his career or whatever to get traded. Like, he would have been All NBA this year. Kyrie, you know, was like fringe all NBA this year. If he didn't like go on the sabbaticals, whatever, he could have made it. And same thing with Durant. Like, I mean, Durant did make all NBA, even though he had injury. Like, like literally, like Kyrie's role is perfect. Harden was a true point guard for them and scorer. And then KD, I mean, KD is like the most, like the best scorer in the whole league. Like, maybe in NBA history. I think like, he's the best scorer in NBA. I just think yeah, it makes like, it look too easy. He just they, go- they, they found a way. My my literally my only. I guess gripe with the Nets really was just that like in the end game situations of their playoff series, I mean like yeah, you have that three headed monster and yet But the it ball was whittled was always, down to one and a half. <laughs> it was well yeah, but but I mean it, the ball always ended up in KD's hands and it was just letting KD try and find a shot, which I mean, he's Kevin Durant, it's not a bad option. But like like he made that crazy shot to tie that game. I think and part it to of OT, this is and I mean it was it you know, it's in his bag, it's amazing. But then like in OT, when he tried to do like a similar shot, it was a one in a lifetime shot anyway. Like, like I, I really wish in their last possession they would have gave it a Harden, let Harden like, because because Harden can score from anywhere and yeah. he can facilitate. Like, let Harden, the shot creator, be the guy that like either finds KD a better look than letting KD just work in the perimeter. Like, I put that on Steve Nash. Now it might be because of inexperience or whatever, but. You know, he was mainly playing like only six guys that whole series, and we saw the consequence of that. Well, is, you know, I think that I'm not saying that that's the end all be all, but when you're only playing six guys and the injuries are stacking up and it's you're not rotating your guys out, it, it, that's kind of problematic. And that's like, I think that might have actually helped in a way. Like, I don't know what you th- feel about that, but I feel if Nash had actually tried rotating players out, maybe the Nets would have actually been in the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, yeah. I don't know, but I feel like that that's a big thing he should have at least attempted is let me rotate my players out instead of playing only half my team. I mean, that's that's just how it is in the NBA. Play- Benches get shorter in the playoffs. It's just how it goes. And, like, I mean, at the end of the day with the Nets, like, I mean, they, they had to trade away their whole – I mean, they, don't have Dinwid- they didn't have Dinwiddie. He was hurt. And they traded away the rest of their team to get Harden. So, like, they don't have anybody else. I mean – like they, but they don't need they don't need the bench depth really. I mean, like I mean, we're we're, we're only talking about this because you know again because the edge of KD's shoe was on the line. Like if it wasn't, you know, they're in the Eastern Conference Finals right now, not the Bucks. I mean, so I mean, they're I like they honestly they don't have issues like for for what they can I guess work on. I mean, I guess I mean you, the the bench depth is important though because like there's you know Blake Griffin might not be back next year. You know they they traded or they they picked up. Lamarcus Aldridge, and he was there for a couple weeks and retired. Like, so I mean, they could definitely like fill out bench stuff, but like, again, for them, the regular season does not matter. They just got to get to the postseason, and they just got to be healthy, and they're the favorite. Like, I mean, 
I, I totally understand that, but at the same time, like, th- this isn't really just a Nets issue. This is all around, like, I hate the fact that load management is still considered a bad phrase and bad words in the NBA because it's like, all right, look, if you want the best teams to get to the finals, like, why do you have an 80-game regular season? And then if you say it doesn't matter, I'm like, why are you complaining when players, when, like, your stars don't show up? Because if you don't want them to be hurt and you want them to be fit and healthy for playoff runs, that's why I think they should just shorten the regular season, you know. Now, this is a different scenario. This was a condensed season, but I feel like the Nets, you know, and, like, all that, that just taps into other issues. But outside of that, um, so they're basically the most recent formed super team. And so one thing that's been pointed out recently is that super teams take about two years to get to the finals or two years to win a finals. And I don't think this is going to happen, but just, you know, follow me with this. Let's say somehow the Clippers, you know, get to the finals and they win. That's the two year mark for them. And, you know, that's another, what we thought was a super team, but then they flamed down the second round. That's not a super team. It's not a a super team. You got to have three guys. You have to have three. You don't okay, think it can be two? Because it's that's that's just a dynamic duo. I mean, Shaq and Kobe, like that's not a super team. It was it was Shaq and Kobe. You know, like it, it's it's always got to be like three guys. You, you think of the Miami Heat with LeBron's Heat. It's LeBron, D Wade, and Bosh. Not like you know D Wade and LeBron. Like it's it's a super team is like three people. I'd say three stars. So let then let's. Back on the Nets, then let's say they come back next year and they win the title. I think they're heavy favorites next year, next season, obviously. You yeah, because they'll they're all going to be healthy. They, 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 they're resting a little bit earlier than they probably thought they would be. Yeah, <laughs> but that's always a consequence of the further you go in a deep playoff run, the less off season you have. But they went out in the second round. They're going to get healthy and get rested. You know, and they're going to make moves or whatever they need to do. Now, what's going to be interesting is you know. If, and I think they will, next year win the championship, you know, one, it'll be like, okay, the two-year thing is a real thing. But on top of that, will that cause another shift in the NBA? Because the difference is, you know, that's they're not an all-around team. They're just an unguardable offensive monster. Do you think that'll change team dynamics if they win next year? How so? Well, think about it. Before... You know, LeBron went to the Miami Super Team. You know, it wasn't really a thing that players left their cities and built Super. That wasn't a real thing. And then they do, and then they want to. They went to like four finals in a row, one two, and you know, the I, major the major shift out of that was player mobility went through the roof. Now, what if the next shift is? team building gets altered because of the Brooklyn Nets if they win next year. Because, like, what if that's the thing is, like, super teams cause changes? Yeah, but I'm saying, like, you're saying team building gets changed, but, like, how so? Like, what gets Like, changed? defense is not looked at as important anymore. Because, like, you just got to find, like... I, I don't I don't think that stuff's ever going to change. You don't think that's going like, to change? Even with guys being able to shoot from the logo <laughs> nowadays? <laughs> well, I mean, but I mean, that's just not something that they're going to, like, you know... In crunch time situation in a playoff game, they're not nobody's shooting from the logo. That's just stupid. Like, except maybe like Steph. Like, I, I don't I don't even trust Dre, like Trey Young or like do, like doing that. I mean, I, I guess the only two guys I could consider is like Curry and Lillard. But also like 
like they're not doing that when they're down in the game if, if the game is tied the clock's winding down you know they might do that but like in a big playoff like they're not like nobody's doing that so like but like defense is still always going to be important because like I, the- I, I feel like it's it's becoming a rare commodity like to be a good defensive talent, so like because the floor is more spread out, because people well, are able to, sh- they're able to shoot. Yeah, that. But also, I mean, also I'm not just saying like, they're all shooting from the logo. I'm just saying the floor is more spaced out. Well, in yeah. General. Oh, I mean, yeah. With, with the the three point like heavy, you know, NBA now. I mean, yeah, it's more spread out. But I'm like even just like rule changes. Like the NBA is always trying to make it easier for like offense to like win out over defense, which like. I'm, I'm, I think I think there's some changes that are going to be coming in in the next couple of years to like help improve defense. Like I, I know they've been talking about like when people will try and do a weird like motion, like it, like not not a natural shooting motion to like get contact and like get, a, get foul a foul call like on a three yeah. and whatnot. Like I think I think the NBA is looking to get rid of that like institute. Like so I mean like they'll be helping defense, but like. Even just like in the players themselves, I mean, I feel like like as as these guys are coming to the league, they're not really like. I just feel like there's not as many two way players coming. In. There's a lot of like guys that are great on offense. Like everybody's got like offensive guys who can like go get a bucket pretty much. Like, but so I mean, I I think defense is still it's always going to be valuable. I mean, just cause, just because of how rare it seems to be now in the league. But so we talked about Dame earlier. Then what? What super team do you think he'll end up joining, or even if it's not, who do you think he's going to end up joining, and where? If it's not LeBron, I don't, and- I don't think he's joining a super team because he he's got he's got three years left on his deal, so like if he stays with Portland, you know he's there three years, whatever, and then then you could see what happens. But it's almost as if he's untradeable right now because he has three years left on his deal because that means that the Blazers asking price is going to be like too high for exactly for anybody mm-hmm. like anybody that's a contender to be able to like like, like you know I, people have talked about like Lillard to the Lakers whatever what are they going to trade to get all, all they have is Kyle Kuzma like <laughs> Kyle Kuzma like they don't have anything they traded everything away to get AD like and like to, and to get role players like Markeith Morris went out. like they they have nothing to trade so he's not like 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 uh, you know me being a Knicks fan you know there's been lots of you know stuff about you know maybe the Knicks trading for Lillard but like who are they gonna trade like well they 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 have stuff to trade because they have all their own draft picks they have two first round picks from the Mavs they have young players like R J Barrett mail quickly but. Lillard wants to go like if he were to leave he wants to go to a contender he wants to be able to win titles the Knicks would have to give up too much to like get Lillard to that like you know they they probably keep Julius Randle but like after everything that they throw away you're left with Lillard and Julius and no draft picks like I mean like like there's just no team so Dame's basically in a position where he's super valuable Yes, but I mean, but no team can conjure up the capital basically. There, there's or there's not a lot that there's very very few that can conjure up anything to even potentially scratch at getting. There's there's teams that I mean I mean there's lots of there, like the the tanking teams have enough capital to get them you know whatever the Thunder have like a yeah million but they're not picks. contenders exactly like th- th- there's there's a couple teams that could maybe scrounge a package. But I also feel like there's none that could actually do it successfully because, like, especially after the Harden deal. Because we already talked about the 76ers. That's going to be tricky. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, like the the Sixers is like maybe, but like the the problem is is now after the Harden trade last season, you know, this season, that kind of set a standard for like what would be asked yeah. for Dame. Although you know, Damian Lillard doesn't have an MVP to his name, so like recalibrate exactly what gets traded. But I mean, there was a lot of picks and a lot of players. I mean, now it was a three team trade, so like if if Lillard was to get traded, it probably would have to be a three team type trade. But like. I, st- I still just, I'm not really sure, like, because also, it, I mean, again, if they trade him, they're trading away McCollum, like, like, it's a complete overhaul so for the Blazers, like. what contenders right now do you think have, uh, are set up, let's put it this way, we'll, we'll do two camps, which, which uh, teams do you think are the best places for him to go, and then which teams that are contenders have the best possibility of scrounging up a package for him let's let's start with the best let's start with the best places for him where do you think the best places are for him i mean i guess it's it's a hard question to like answer because like do you just mean like out of just any team in the league like or like realistically a team he could go to like just out of the contenders like because he wants to go to a contending team like so it's going to be basically like fit and it's going to be mainly like fit and how well the team is so like you know, like, because like you said, you know. I mean, I'm sure he'd look great on, like, the Lakers or the Clippers, but, like, there's just no way that I think like, any I think any him, of the like, California teams he'd look good on. The Golden State, well, except Sacramento, but, like, Golden State. <laughs> I almost forgot about them. <laughs> Always got to get clown the Kings in there. Whoops. <laughs> I didn't even plan for that. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, he'd look good on, like, any team he'd pretty look- much. I mean, he's Damian Lillard, but, like, out, out of teams that, like, could, like, have enough to trade for, like, not including, like, tanking teams, like. Like contending teams that like, could scrounge a package. Well, I mean, so I don't, I don't think there's any contenders that could yeah. trade for him because they. What they about potential given, contenders? Like, 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 yeah, good teams though. Like, Boston could like you know they could do a package around like Jalen Brown, and like maybe try and get him. Um, I don't, I don't know if they could can really convince anybody, but like the Mavericks could try. I think the like, Mavericks with, are in a with, horrible spot for trading with wise. Porzingis, like. Because Porzingis and, are overpaying more him. picks. Like, yeah, that, that's the problem. That's what I'm saying is like they could try and be like, oh, Porzingis, but like his contract, like with his with health, they're status, paying him like, like he's a two, but he's a glorified three. Like that's what he is. When he's healthy, I mean, he he, I could see him as a two, but he's just not. He's literally that's never the healthy. thing. He's never he's got the injury bug. That he yeah. can't shake. And so, so like th- those are like the only teams like, and, and then like in the six the Sixers could like. Maybe, but like I don't, I don't know if they have enough to like actually entice, especially with just like Ben Ben Simmons' trade value right now is a mystery. Like I can't tell you what he's worth. Like so, th- those are the only three teams I could like potentially seeing being like having enough where they're not like a dog doo doo team to trade yeah. for Lillard. But also like I don't know if any of those situations for by the time with everything they give up to get him, like I don't think he's really better off anywhere. Like. So I, I feel like it's such a tough uh, spot, but maybe maybe after next season or the next two seasons, the the availability of contenders for to get Damian Lillard will be much better. Because one thing I could see is you know because Steph's contract you know is up after the twenty twenty one twenty two season, right? So you know. That's why I'm saying, like, you know, this is just a hypothetical. You know, if it's a bad trade, you know, let me know or whatever or deal. But, you know, what if Steph restructures it in the 
idea and hopes of, hey, if I restructure it and I take less money, let's see if we can get Dame. You know, what, like, something like that, where, like, massive contracts are coming up, or, you know, Dame only has a couple years left, because I think that, like, that's a major issue, is he's got three years left, which means he's going to have a huge asking price. Yeah, I I don't see that happening. You know? Mm-mm. I mean, uh, for one, I think the Warriors want to, like, just get Clay back out there, have Clay, Draymond, Steph, and see how it looks. And then, like, I mean, they have the seventh round pick this year, or, I mean, seventh, like, pick whatever this year. Yeah. Like, they're either going to try and find somebody there to, like, actually be useful or, like, try and trade that in Wiseman for somebody, which, like, I mean, like, the fact that they have Wiseman who, like, well, Wiseman's a project and they don't need a project right now. They They need to go back to contending while they still have prime stuff you know whatever you get out of clay draymond like they're, they're not you know wiseman could be a great player in the league but they don't need him so the fact that they can trade him they have like two lottery picks i think this in this year's draft they have you know other picks whatever they have wiggins like i i think that the warriors mm-hmm. are probably gonna like they probably will trade that stuff for somebody it's just not lillard like who do you think they don't, trade they don't for need them? lillard i, I don't it, well, it's it still depends, I guess, what's like the next um, kind of guy to like be like you know disgruntled. I want out, whatever. But like, do you think a guy like Jaw or Zion would be on their radar? Well, I mean, those guys, those guys are not; those guys aren't being traded anytime soon. Like they're That's too young. Um, I mean, like. I'm, I'm, I mean, I, it, it's it's hard to, like, tell you who they would trade for, but, like, the Warriors have put themselves in the position, I think, to quickly get back into contention. Like, you know, they don't they don't need another guy like KD necessarily, but, like, with the assets that they have, I mean, like, they don't, they don't, the Warriors don't need, like, a crazy good center. Like, they just need a guy who can run rim, rebound, kick it out back to them. Like They just need a good role player. Like, so, like, just getting, like, more wing guys. I mean, like, Wiggins is a good wing defender, but, like, they could definitely still upgrade over Wiggins. You know, they could look to the future past Draymond, like, because Draymond can still be, like, small ball center for them. So, like, like some type of forward, like, was probably what they would look for. Like, honestly, I mean, like, I don't know if it, I don't think it happened. Like, I don't know. I don't even know if they have the financial flexibility to get him. But, like, I mean, Kawhi can opt out after this season. And, like, I mean, but Ka- I don't Kawhi, think he needs to leave Kawhi LA. with the Warriors would be crazy. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I mean, he's from LA or whatever. So, like, and I think, you think he, w- he doesn't want to leave, but like, it's Kawhi. You literally never know. But and the but the thing is, I think the difference between if the if the Clippers lose, like, well, I think there's a major difference between the way this leg situation is playing out differently than the one in San Antonio. Is things in San Antonio, like, let's not beat around the bush. That Pop was beloved there. That was basically Pop's team. You know, yes. Duncan, Ginobili, and Parker, you know, yeah, they were the stars, but, like, you know, the face was arguably shared between the players and Popovich. And now the difference between San Antonio's owner and the Clippers owner, Steve Ballmer, he's not going to be afraid to spare any expense, you know, to keep – because I think after this season, yeah, he's not going to want to blow up the team. kind of a bad thing because, I mean, look at all that stuff they gave up for Paul George. And if they don't yeah. win if they don't win a ring with them, then, like, their future is screwed. They gave up Shea Gillis Alexander, like, literally every draft pick that they, like, possibly had. Like, if they if they don't win, like, a ring with, with Paul George and Kawhi, like, 
Their their franchise is, is screwed. Like they have nothing. But that's why I think if 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 Kawhi if Kawhi opts out, bro, like it I is rock bottom for the Clippers. Like, I don't think he's gonna bottom. opt out though. I, I highly doubt he'll opt out. Now, if he does, I would be actually surprised if he opts out. I don't I don't think he will, but like I mean, you know, they've been down what three one in like every series. If they lost, they were or, they've been down two one every series. Yeah, if, and if, came dude, back. If, if they lost to the Mavericks in that first round, bro, oh my god, dude, like, that team would have been blown up immediately. Well, not the whole team, but like the only the only thing they could have done was like trade Paul George and like I mean, thank God. I, I guess they're they're kind of lucky that they didn't. I mean, that they still are here because like I mean, Paul George has been a he, lot better. Playoff now, P is like, showing up. But, what a joke, though. Playoff P, like so. The, 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 only, the only reason he gets clowned is because he gave himself the nickname. Like, you got to earn a nickname. You can't just give yourself a nickname and then, like, and then become Pandemic B. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now, uh, at least at least uh, Charles Barkley won't call us the jackasses on TV yeah. <laughs> that are trying to defend this. No, the, uh, honestly, it's, I mean, maybe, maybe it's just because of my Knicks fandom, like, not, not being relevant for most of the actual season, but, like, I honestly did the most autopsy. of the season, most of the past ten years. Well, well, I'm saying like it pretty much, pretty much every regular season, like falling out of relevancy, like instantly. Like the off season of the NBA is like for me, like just as fun as like yeah. the actual season because like literally, like the the thing is, is like we have all these rumors about like stuff of what might happen. And like that, while that's this fun, isn't a slight against the Knicks fan base, but I feel like you you all every time you get a rumor, like you all are ready. You're no, like, we're gonna well, no, do. <laughs> no, 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 no. That, that's that's other people propagating clicks for Knicks to like clicks for Knicks. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always because because it was it was never the Knicks that came out and said like starting out mm-hmm. saying like oh like Damian Lillard should like come to the Knicks like it's it's people like asking Damian Lillard questions and be like oh yeah I love MSG it's my like you know one of the, like my favorite places to play same with Zion like Zion said that it's not like Knicks people it's, but also it's always MJ like, said it and he never left the Bulls yeah it's but I'm saying it's it's always like the media kind of like creating content about like like people going to the Knicks it's not like Knicks fans saying that like and then we get trolled when it doesn't happen but it's not us saying that but like um i feel like Steve, Stephen no, a is you know, a lot to blame for that crap it, it's, too <laughs> it's so it's so crazy dude like pretty much all of my knicks fandom our super bowl has been the draft lottery night like finding out you know what place you get in the lottery i didn't even know what day it was this year i missed it i, I think i saw the very end when the pistons got it like that's my super bowl and i didn't even mm-hmm. like so so that was great but um but no but like the, the, as great as it is to like talk about you know where Damian Lillard might go, where's like the next super team coming, blah, blah blah. The best thing about like the NBA offseason is the stuff that you don't see. I mean, like we like what you, what you don't see coming. We didn't see Harden like asking out of Houston. Like we didn't see him going to the Nets. Like and all of a sudden, like boom, he's literally with fucking with KD and Kyrie. Like that's crazy. Like so so that's that's what I'm so excited to see is like what's the next guy? Like what's the next thing that happens out of nowhere? Like. Whether, you know, it's, like, Carl Anthony Towns, like, maybe moving. Like, if the Timberwolves are just going to suck for his whole career, like, you should move on. Like, what about Jimmy Butler? Because the Heat are kind of, like... Nah, I, I think I think Jimmy's too ingrained in the Heat. To, too ingrained in the Heat. What about Tyler Hero? Do you think like he's the, gone? Oh, they're definitely going to try to trade him. Hero? Yeah. Because, again, with the Heat, it's it's win-now mode. And Hero, you know, as, as, as good of a prospect that he is, like... If they could trade him and something to get a, a win now, like an upgrade on the team to win now, like that's what they need because like it, it's pretty much 
the window that they have Jimmy Butler is the window that they're in contention. So like, and he's got what like maybe three or four more years. Yeah. So like, they they, they just can't wait for Hero. They gotta make a move now. I I, I think I saw something that said there's like a seventy five percent chance he's getting traded. So I mean, Hero Hero's probably gone. Well, I could uh, I could see a possibility. You know, if if the Heat get Lillard in a couple years, you know, and if Butler did it like can he let himself become a number two and let dame become number one i feel like that that could be a, a deadly team right there but the question I, is I, is the I, butler gonna let himself be a number two and, well he can do that i mean he did that with rose on the bulls but like i think that's just that i think they're gonna be too old by that point to be too old to do that yeah because i mean lillard's like lillard's like 31 32 oh shit, but, butler's right. like same thing so like so this is like like the, the rest of the the butler contract they have now that is their 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 contention window for the heat like you know, while they have Jimmy, they have to win now. And then, like, you know, once that contract ends, you know, if he's gone somewhere else, then, like, maybe you focus on a future with Bam Adebayo and whatever's left, you know, post-trades and, and whatnot. But, like, they're they're in win-now mode right now. And so, like, Hero doesn't necessarily, like, move that needle, then he's going to get traded. Like, So here's an interesting question then, you know, because you're a Knicks fan. You know, how do you, what's your perspective on, because the thing is, I have favorite players, but I don't really have a favorite team. And I was actually talking to an uncle of mine yesterday and I said, you know, if you asked me, you know, when I really started like paying attention to the NBA, it was back when I think like LeBron was like in the back half with the heat. Mm -hmm. And then I saw Golden State have their little dynasty, you know. And I'm like, if you ask me what my favorite team was, you know, just watching, you know, which one I would I be a fan of just from the ones I've watched, I would say Golden State. But the problem is, you know, that comes off as that can come off as a bandwagon, even though the fact is like one of the, you know, because basically what I'm trying to say is, do you think it's possible for people to have favorite teams anymore? Is it leading more towards favorite players or can there be a balance? Like Uh, you have a favorite team. And a favorite couple players, even if they'll never cross paths. Yeah, I think I think it's a big thing in the NBA. I think a lot of people are like that. I mean, you know, I I am a Knicks fan, and like like there, there's there's players in the NBA that I like, but like I don't I don't like them more than I like the Knicks. Like like if they if they were to play against each other in a series, whatever. Like I'm taking the Knicks all day. Like that's just how it is. I mean, like I mean, I I, I love Dame. Like I think Dame's awesome. I love Steph. You know, like. The things that they can do with the basketball, I've never seen before. Like that's like I, I love watching those guys play, but like I don't really go out of my way to watch their games. Like I'm, you know, if I'm watching NBA games, I'm watching the Knicks, like and like playoff basketball. But like I, I think a lot of NBA fans are like that, where like you know they have their team that they root for, and there's other guys that they like. But like, like I, I don't think it really like, like I don't think it's ever like an issue. Like yeah, because like with but, me, you know, I like Zion. I, I also do think you're you're. I mean, I, I was always rooting for the Warriors in those uh, final series, but saying you'd be, like, a Warriors fan, I think that was definitely a bandwagon. But. <laughs> I mean, well, that's how you see it. But my, my thing is, you know, that that's just the thing is, you know, I think because of super teams, it's like there's now all these, like, for lack of a better term, these fan fictions that people want to put out. It's like, you know, man, if we got LeBron, KD, and Steph on, like, the Pelicans or some some inane stuff. That was the Knicks, bro. KD, Kyrie, and Zion. (laughs) Yeah, you know. 
I, I had that graphic saved on my computer of them all in Knicks jerseys. And- like, <laughs> I think that's cool. Is like, I think that's actually pretty fun for fan, for you know fans of teams to like build that together. But but like I said, you know, it definitely comes off as bandwagon for me. But like, whenever I'm watching the NBA, if there's games on, you know, one I like the Western Conference more in general. But like, I think just because like it might be because like I got. Sp- you know, we got spoiled with them for five years in a row going to the finals. But I tend to watch more Golden State games. I'm more interested in what they do, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to watch them just because West Coast. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, watching Steph play, like, and that's, the thing, that's like, always it's always a high entertainment value. But, like, I mean, you know, because I don't want to go too in-depth. I can't, but, I can't wait till Clay comes back. Though, that's bro. the thing. I've I been, can't wait till Clay comes I've back. Been, I've been missing Clay so much, man. I love Clay. Like, that's another guy I love. Like, I can't wait till Clay. I really hope that he, like... He like really recovers from the injury and yeah. comes back. Cause like, I love Clay and Clay and Steph, bro. Like, it's crazy. Like, they, they, again, they just do stuff that like I've never seen before. Like, well, I don't remember how many points it was. The like, Splash like Clay had like sixty points or whatever on on like eleven dribbles. Like, that's literally never gonna happen again in NBA never. history. Like, that's so insane, bro. Like, but but that's just my thing. Is you know, yeah. uh... I, I, so I think that's a difference between someone who's like geared towards looking for super teams and well, more geared yeah. towards being a fan of the team because you know someone who's a Golden State fan is going to be like you know man you know we could get them but like man if we get like can't wait for Clay to get back you know like our big you know, whereas the people who are geared more towards super teams you can definitely tell they're fans of players because they're going to always start off with. Well, if KD or if LeBron or if so and so. Well, I don't. I don't think it means that they're fans of players. Just like they just know they're good players, and like if they were to somehow get on their team, like it helps out their team. But it's not. I don't think it's like, oh, you know, I'm a fan of this team, but I also like this player, so I really want them to come to the. Like, no, I don't think it's like that at all. Like, I I think it's just like, like I mean, there's there's players you enjoy watching, but like at the end of the day. Any guy that can join your team that will improve your team, I think you want them to somehow find a way to get there. I mean, that's just how it is. Like, like it, it's it, it's so tough right now too. Like for so so for us Knicks fans, like you know, I, I mean the the only playoff series I ever remember watching, you know, was when they lost to the Heat and and lost to uh, the Pacers. You know, like about ten years ago, but. So, so this is kind of a new experience for me, like, actually, like, being in the playoffs where, like, you know, I'm more grown up, I'm aware of it all, but, like, it's hard now where it's, like, I the Knicks are finally relevant, that's great, you know, the Knicks are a good team, but, like, as hard as it was for them to go from a bad team to a good team, which took way longer than it should have ever, because of so many reasons I could go on and on, it, I think it's even harder to go from being a good team to a great team. So it's you know the, the, you talk about like how do the Knicks get one more star to really be a contender? How do they get a guy like Lillard, whatever? I don't know if they can. Like I mean, they they put themselves in a great position where they have draft picks, they have young assets they can trade away. But like, there's just who who are they gonna get? You know, I don't think they can get Dame right now with how much he has left. Like they either need to wait for somebody else, wait for free agency. Which honestly, I don't. I mean. I don't. I don't want. I don't want the Knicks to have to wait. We've been waiting long enough for them to be good. But like, getting a guy in free agency over trading for them, like, would be so much more preferred. Because like, if if the if the Knicks have to trade away quickly, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, whatever, like, all right, they got two star players, but like, they're not any good. You know, like, 
I don't want that. Like, I, it's, it's it's so tough to figure out how they'll actually get better. But, like, the trades and all that, like, I just – I feel like in the NBA you give up too much that, like, they have to just find a way to wait for a free agent. Like, they have a lot of cap space, so, like, well, they can do it, but – Here's something interesting then I'll throw out to you. It'll be, like, the last last thing we'll discuss. So we basically said, you know, for us, we have the ability to where it's like we have a favorite team, but we also have players we like. But, you know, we're going to tend towards more watching our team rather than, you know, like fantasizing on like, oh, if we got him, we'll just be like, no, we can do it. Do you think it's harder for kids now, you know, like like watching the NBA now starting at like five or six, you know, when they can actually start remembering shit, do you think it's going to be harder for them to develop uh, a fan relationship with a team because of hyper player mobility? Or do you think it's not, or do you think it doesn't matter? I don't think it matters. I mean, the the reason that they're watching the NBA probably is because, you know, a family member, has introduced them to it and the family member, you know, like the family has a team that they root for and whatnot. Like, I I, I don't think, I I don't think that really is that affected. I think there's a difference though between there's some people that like will grow up rooting for a team and I don't think that'll change. But I mean, there are, there are people that like, like whether, whether they, they find fandom later on or that like their family isn't really like, heavy fans and stuff i mean they do just follow a player's career i mean i know a lot of people that are like lebron fans where they just follow lebron wherever he goes i mean i i knew people that like were like peyton manning fans so so like when he joined the broncos they became broncos fans like uh, there's always people that are gonna be like that but like i don't think there's any threat to people like being fans of a team over like players because like i mean that's never gonna like be well no i'm not saying it's a threat i'm just saying like you know at a younger age, would it be harder? You know, but but you you brought it up. I don't think it's. I but you brought it up perfectly. The point is, there's going to be a family member that's like introducing him to this, yeah. which means they're probably going to f- emulate that family member. I mean, like, did did you like in growing up? Did you have people in your household that really watched a lot of NBA? Like, I mean, we watched sports, but it was mainly college yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But not NBA. So when though, I so started like, watching so on my own, yeah, that's so, why I'm saying yeah. I would I would lean towards being if I had to say one. I would say Golden State because that's when I was really watching. Yeah. That's when I really started watching is the Golden State Warriors dynasty. You know, yes, that's going to come off as being a bandwagon, but the thing is, <laughs> being up front, that's when I really started watching the NBA. Yeah. I was watching beforehand, but yeah. I didn't. But, but, I wasn't invested. Yeah. But that, that's what I'm saying though. Like, if if you're like a five year old, like, and you're watching NBA, it's probably because a family member introduced it to you. Like, otherwise, you're you're honestly probably not yeah. watching that much. But like, I mean, you still there still could be people that like. You know, when they start watching basketball, become like, I don't know, a Zion fan and just kind of follow Zion wherever he goes. But like, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. Think, I don't think it's going to be many five year olds because yeah. I think they're only watching if a family member's watching. But yeah, that, that's true. But no, that. But also, big time, you're a bandwagon Warriors fan. I, I, I feel like. I, yes, they were on TV. They were in the finals, and they were really exciting to watch. I mean, again, I was rooting for them in those finals too. But like. I feel like you can't really, like, if you're just getting into the NBA, I feel like you can't just pick who's playing in the finals and, like, whether they're winning or losing and just, like, following those teams. I feel like you got to, like, maybe, like, just dig a little deeper in the regular NBA season and find a team more that you attach with 
versus like who was just hot when you started watching like but that's why i say like you i know, mean it's a little too late now because yeah. i mean once you once you att- attach to a team you know it's kind of hard to but, let go but, but. but here's the thing though one it's like i said earlier is you know not just the playoffs but if i'm want but like if i'm looking for games yeah and they're on i know myself that i'm more than likely going to watch them than mm-hmm. any other game yeah that's fair that's I like mean, i said well, i understand it, i am going to come off as a bandwagon fan and if i and i might be you know but that but that's why i'm saying when i was first majorly invested in watching nba like regular season games in the playoffs it just it was the golden state dynasty yeah well, i'm i'm also i'm i'm, in, I'm not hating because i'm saying if, if you're too, if you're picking games and you decide to pick the game that steph curry's playing in i'm i'm not come blame you because i mean yeah. Steph is, I mean, Steph is Steph, you know, there's also, nobody else I like mean, him. I like Draymond because, like, I know some people don't like it, but, like, I like it when he just goes after people, like, yeah. he just does not give a crap, yeah. he's like, he's like, especially when he's in the interviews, he's like, you want to run that by me again? And then gets up and walks yeah. out after hearing the question. Nah, Dr- Draymond's definitely, like, love him or hate him, um, he's never done anything to, like, wrong my Knicks, so, like, I don't have, <laughs> I don't have any hate towards him, and, like, you know, I, I, I like that he, uh... Well, it's it's weird. I feel like there's so many drama queens in the NBA, but like they're all like so like whiny now that it's kind of nice to have a few people that maybe are a little more like hard nosed, you know, that are genuine, like, like, like they're real, like like some Charles Barkleys in the league, whatnot, you know. So I I like I like Draymond. He's okay, but cool as, as long as he's <laughs> as long as he's not kicking any nicks in the in the head in the nuts, then <laughs> 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 I like Draymond. So. And ironically, you know what the Knicks is short for. The Knickerbockers? Yep. Kicking them right in the pants. Yeah. Kicking them right in the pants. <laughs> yep. Well, that was great stuff. And I guess I'll end it with, you know, our co-host, Dylan, the Knicks fan, and me, self-proclaimed. I'll Fuck it. I'll just be it. The self-proclaimed bandwagon <laughs> Golden State fan because I watched them during the dynasty. Was, I don't give a was shit. Was it uh, strength in numbers? I don't even know what their slogans are anymore. Uh I just know they were like the Splash Brothers. Like, yeah, yeah. I used to know some of their slogans. But yeah, they're coming. They're coming back, bro. Like, last thing I'll say, I think they, I think they can show up, but like in a conference final, but like as a finals and win, I'm not sure. Like, I think they could. Like, ideally they could, but I'm like they're kind of old now. Yeah, I feel like. Uh, I mean, the wet pretty much the West is the, the West has just always been good the last like 10, 15 years, and like. I feel like it's not getting any easier with like all these young guys really kind of stepping into form. Uh, I mean, like the Nuggets are a good yeah. team now. The Suns are a good team now. The Nuggets, like, the Jazz, the Suns. Yeah, like it, it's the West ain't getting any easier. But the last time they were all, I think, contenders was like in the eighties and nineties, weren't they? <laughs> At least the Suns and the and the Jazz. Yep. Yeah, I mean, no, you're, you're pretty much spot on with all. I mean, I think the only time before that, um, I think that the Nuggets, I think, played in a Western Conference Finals against Kobe back in like oh eight, oh nine, or something. Say, it's they they had they had like Melo, they had Iverson, they had Billups. Jesus, but like, Carmelo Anthony, that dude's uh, bounced around at almost every team in the league. <laughs> uh, he shouldn't have though. He, he shouldn't sh- have. He though. Have. He's Melo, bro. I mean. He 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 looked really good this year, bro. The disrespect like, on the fact that Melo wasn't in the league like two years ago, bro. The disrespect, man. I can't believe that because he's been so good, yeah. with Blazers. But, shout out, shout out, Melo, the Hall of Famer. I hope he gets a ring because <laughs> he probably won't ever, especially not with the Knicks. But 
Maybe if he goes to the Nets. <laughs> next yeah, I, well, never mind. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't want him winning. With the Nets, <laughs> Not with the Nets. Okay, what team would you be? Fun- any other team? Any team any- but other the, Nets, than the Nets. Literally, any team but the Nets, dude. All right. <laughs> well, good shit. We're gonna end it here. Signing out.